Hey everyone, I'm Ray Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you value this podcast as a free and independent educational resource, you can show your support by making a monthly donation at patreon.com slash words for granted. As longtime listeners of the show know, I put a ton of labor and love into making this thing, so every little bit adds up. You can also make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash words for granted. Thanks to Jasmine and Sarah for their recent contributions. With that, let's get on to today's episode, part three in a series on the etymology of food words. Theophrastus was the name of Aristotle's successor at the Peripatetic School in ancient Athens. He wrote extensively on a number of topics, including physics, ethics, and grammar, but his most influential works were probably in the realm of botany, the study of plants. Two of his works, Inquiry into Plants and On the Cause of Plants, would go on to be influential among scientists during the Renaissance and, after it, the Enlightenment. In his work, Theophrastus describes a spiny plant native to his Mediterranean homeland, and he calls this plant a cactus. This word would pass into modern English as the word cactus. But before that, the word passed into Latin, and in Latin, cactus became associated with a kind of wild artichoke. But the artichoke isn't a cactus, neither technically nor colloquially. With just one exception, cacti as we know them only grow in North America, making us 99.9% certain that the cactus of Theophrastus was not a cactus as we think of it today. With this context, let's untangle the complex historical relationship between these two words and the two plants that they designate. The precise identity of Theophrastus's cactus is unknown today, and the word's etymology, unfortunately, can't point us in a helpful direction. Cactus is a foreign loanword in the ancient Greek lexicon, so linguists can't reconstruct its literal meaning or derivation. The word may have been borrowed into Greek from the pre-Indo-European inhabitants of southeastern Europe. Like I just mentioned, from Greek, the word cactus passed into Latin, where it became more firmly associated with the cardoon, that is, a wild and undomesticated variation of the globe artichoke eaten today. Like globe artichokes, cardoons can be prepared as food, but they're a Mediterranean specialty that haven't really broken into the mainstream of world cuisine, so you might never have heard of them. To paint you a picture here, a cardoon is like a larger artichoke with a colorful prickly thistle on top, but instead of eating the flower bud, you eat the stem. As someone who comes from a very Italian-American family, I myself happen to be well acquainted with garoons. The word cardoon, which emerged in late Latin and passed into the Romance languages and from there into English, derives from the Latin cardus, which was simply the word for thistle. Thistle is a generic term for flowering plants characterized by prickly spikes, and yes, both artichokes and cardoons are classified as thistles. By the late Latin period, this word cardus appears to have superseded the Greek-inherited cactus as the term for this undomesticated artichoke, causing the word cactus to fade into obscurity. 
I should note that the word cardus may also have been applied to the domesticated artichoke before cardoons and artichokes were semantically and biologically differentiated, but there's a scholarly debate on when and where the domestication of the artichoke took place, and I'm certainly not the guy who's going to settle that argument. What I can say with more certainty is how the word cactus was revived in modern English during the late 18th century and how it became associated with spiky succulents. For that, we can thank Charles Linnaeus. As some of you may remember from your high school biology class, Charles Linnaeus is the father of modern taxonomy and binomial nomenclature. In other words, he was the guy who came up with the scientific two-part Latin-based naming system for all living things. In everyday talk, we say apple, but in binomial nomenclature talk, we say malus domestica. If you listen to the last episode of Words for Granted, the malus part of that scientific name for the apple should be very familiar. Linnaeus was familiar with Theophrastus's ancient botanical works, and upon encountering spiny succulents found throughout the more arid parts of the New World, Linnaeus revived the ancient Greek word koktos based on the cactus's similarity to Theophrastus's description. But like I already mentioned, cacti don't grow in Greece, so the etymological lineage of this term is semantically inaccurate. Because the word cactus was already dead and unfamiliar to English speakers at the time Linnaeus revived it, this technically inaccurate misattribution of Linnaeus's nomenclature doesn't cause confusion between cardoons and cacti today. While this all may be interesting in its own right, today's episode isn't supposed to be about the words cactus or cardoon. It's about artichoke. Artichoke was first recorded in English during the early 16th century, and it's ultimately an anglicization of the Italian word artichoco. Artichoco itself is probably a variation of another older Italian word for artichoke, arcisciofo. I say probably because some sources suggest that the two words are actually etymologically unrelated. However, the more mainstream theory holds that in certain Italian dialects, arcisciofo, the older of these two words, morphed into artichoco, based on the influence of the Italian word ciocco, meaning stump or log. The modern standard Italian word for artichoke, carciofo, is a shortened corruption of this older form, arcisciofo. Arcisciofo ultimately comes from the Arabic word al-horsufa, which simply meant artichoke. The consensus among scholars is that Arabic-speaking Moors from North Africa are responsible for the domestication of the globe artichoke during the early Middle Ages, roughly between the 7th and 10th centuries. The Spanish word for artichoke, alcachofo, shares this Arabic derivation. Traditional etymological accounts of artichoke suggest that the Italian arcichofo derives from the Spanish alcachofo. By extension, this would also suggest that the domestication of the artichoke, at least on European soil, took place in Moorish-occupied Spain. However, a recent study advocates for Moorish-occupied Sicily as the European homeland of the domesticated artichoke. For the purposes of this episode, it suffices to say that in either Spain or southern Italy, sometime during the early Middle Ages, 
Arabic-speaking Moorish horticulturists domesticated the wild cardoon into the artichoke, and the Arabic word for artichoke, archorsufa, was Europeanized in Italy and Spain's respective languages. If you're a long-time listener of Words for Granted, you may have listened to the English Words Derived from Arabic series I did about two years back. And if so, you may recall that many Arabic loan words in English start with al. Alcohol, algebra, algorithm, alcove, albatross, etc. The al in these words is the same al in al-horsufa. Al is merely the Arabic definite article the, and it has managed to remain attached to a lot of Arabic words that have been borrowed into other languages. We can see this in the Spanish borrowing of al-horsufa, which again was al-cachofa. The ultimate etymology of the horsufa part of al-horsufa traces back to an ancient Semitic root word meaning scale, which came to be associated with the artichoke due to the plant's spiky bulb. The modern Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese words for artichoke are all direct descendants of this Arabic al-horsufa. However, the word for artichoke in most European languages, English, German, Russian, etc., derive more directly from the Italian variant discussed earlier, artichoco. The fact that this distinctly Italian variant word is the basis of the word for artichoke in most European languages attests to the significance of Italy in the spread of artichokes throughout the continent. In English, artichoke has the false appearance of a compound word. Art and choke seem to be distinct morphemes, or units of meaning within a word, but they are not. When artichoke was first borrowed into English during the 16th century, this misconception of it as a compound word ostensibly led to many variant pronunciations, including archcock, hortichok, artichoff, and hartichoke, among others, all of whose constituent parts were probably influenced by folk etymologies. A folk etymology occurs when speakers of a language replace the unfamiliar-sounding parts of a foreign word or phrase with more familiar-sounding morphemes native to that language. This process is also called reanalysis. So, for example, when the Spanish word cucaracha was borrowed into English, the word gradually morphed into cockroach under the influence of the pre-existing native English words cock, meaning rooster, and roach, meaning a small type of freshwater fish. Now, note that there's no semantic relationship among cock, roach, and cucaracha. Rather, the sounds of the words cock and roach are simply more native-sounding to English speakers than cucaracha. So, superficially, cockroach appears to be a compound word that etymologically somehow derives from the words cock and roach, but this is an illusion, hence the term folk etymology. However, some folk etymologies do replace the unfamiliar-sounding parts of foreign words and phrases with semantically relevant morphemes. This process is called phonosemantic matching. In the early English variants of artichoke, we can see phonosemantic matching at work. Hortichok was probably influenced by the word horticulture, the practice of cultivating a garden. Hartichoke was probably influenced by the word heart, because we eat an artichoke's heart. Even the choke part of artichoke, which is now the standard pronunciation, was probably influenced by the meaning of choke, 
because indeed, if you eat uncooked artichoke florets, you'll choke. Given the global impact of English vocabulary on languages around the world, artichoke has actually been borrowed into vernacular dialects of Arabic as the word artichauki. This is an ironic etymological full circle since the basis of the English word artichoke ultimately traces its roots back to an Arabic word, which again was al-khorsufa. The Arabic artichauki is also an example of phonosemantic matching that developed through folk etymology. In Arabic, ardi means earth or of the ground, and shauki means thorny or prickly. Ardishauki, then, would appear to derive from a compound whose semantics suggest something like earth thorn or thorn of the earth, but this, yet again, is just an illusion created by folk etymology. In reality, artichauki is just a borrowing of the English word artichoke. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, I'd like to remind you that if you're a regular listener and want to help keep this boat afloat, you can make a monthly contribution at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted. You can also make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash wordsforgranted. I also encourage you to leave a rating and review on whatever podcast player you use. I'm on Twitter at at wordsforgranted and Facebook as wordsforgranted. And you can email me directly with questions, comments, and concerns at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.